Big City Radio, it's a VNZ show, hello! Hello, Nisu. Hello, Patrick. Hello. Big thank you to KJ. KJ's leaving the building, thank you, KJ! Malikum, Namaste, Niha. What was that, Nita? That went loud enough. Don't give out joy. Happy New Year in Chinese.
Bonjour, hola. Niha. What others do you know, Nita? Hello, hello, hello. Hello, Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. You know what Kongye Fao Choi means? No, I don't. It's Happy New Year in Chinese. See, yeah, not everyone knows that. Happy New Year to our Chinese community, even if you're not Chinese. Happy Fao Choi. See, not everyone knows that, eh? Brilliant. Welcome to Big City Radio. This is the VNZ Show, the center of the universe, where all the planets are aligned. And it comes exactly at this time at 7 p.m., 7 till 9, only on a Wednesday, where the world is aligned and it points to us. Yes. VNZ Show. Welcome. How are you guys doing? You're doing good? Doing great. How are you doing, Patrick? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Thank you. It's good to have you, mate. Yeah, yeah, good to be back. Yeah, you you did a great job that we got you in. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I've heard some of the things that we've got in store tonight, and uh, I'm really interested in being part of it. Brilliant. Hey, me too. Uh, you, so you're under pressure now? Hey? You're, hey? 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 Just in case, you know, got Patrick here, just in case. Oh, Patrick? Yeah, he can do a great girl's voice as well. Can do what? A girl's voice. Oh, okay. Yeah, just in case. Can uh, you? Apparently so, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Have you guys been up to anything? Anything exciting? Anything amazing? Anything wonderful since the last seven days, since we last met? Exciting, amazing. Well. As she takes her time. Last night. Okay. I Obviously, you know this. We went to see a show at the Rep. Okay. What was the show? Wolf. And what did you think of the show, Wolf? Uh, Mesmerising. Have you, have you, very talented man. He, the guy was just unbelievable, wasn't he? He was oh. just like, oh, the guy's name's Lewis Doherty. If you get a chance, there's a play currently going on at Birmingham Rep called Wolf. Uh, it finished, today's the last day. Do not miss it. Yeah, today's the last day. However, if you do a search online, uh, into Twitter or whatever, all them social network sites, you will find that he is just an unbelievable actor. You know, a lot of the time you were told when you were growing up, you need to show a story. Don't tell the story, show a story. And what he did, which was remarkable, was that he was able to show that story, just that whole thing of the way he the used movement, his... Movement, voice. Physicality, voice. And you're just like, wow, you just believed everything that he did. And I just thought he was absolutely awesome, which was oh, phenomenal, phenomenal. So if you get a chance, go and see that. Mm. Um, how about you, Patrick? You, you've been up to much in the week? Uh, you, you, you're a student, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this week um, been pretty busy actually. Been out doing a uh, few things for the show. We have got lined up at uni on Friday. A oh TV right, show. Yeah. Oh, so. you got a TV show that you're doing, and what, what do you kind of present on that show? Uh, well, me and my wife will actually be guesting on it this week. Uh, guesting on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's going to be a Valentine's Day esque. Oh, thing, so. a Valentine's so, Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so, is it um, getting all romantic? Is it? Um, I think they're still trying to sort of like decide on the format of the show. If you know uh, I mean. Firstly, can I tell you, tomorrow is Valentine's Day, as you know. It is, yes. Yeah. Is, is there an expectation? Expectation? For from, me? Or uh, from, or? Both? Um, hmm. He's I'm thinking. On the spot now, aren't I, really? Because she's listening. So, uh, so, yeah, I guess there is. Oh, okay. Uh, so, if Patrick's wife's listening, uh, could be Paris. You never know. I'll put pressure on him now. <laughs> That's it. How about we get you? up early now, aren't we, sir? Just to yeah. sort of like make a think it is, you know. It could well be Paris. It, it could be well Paris. How about you, Nita? Well, I'm single, so, you know, obviously. You're expecting loads of cards nothing, through the post? Nothing. Zero. Are, are, you, are, you, are you expecting cards? Uh, expecting cards? 
Expecting cards. Yeah. No. Like Valentine's cards, no. Valentine's messages. No. Do you think it's overrated? Yeah, I do. Yeah. See, I, I actually think what you need to do is, and a lot of people don't realise this, like I've been married for... Phew, God knows how long. Too long, too long, too long. Put it this way, parts of my body have grown that I didn't know would grow, like my ear and my nose. I've been married that long. Do you know that's the only bits of your body that keep growing all the time? Did you know that? I didn't know that. Did you know that? What's that? That your ears keep growing. The useless no, bits. I didn't, to be honest with you. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are other saggy bits on your body as well that also keep growing. But um, So what I thought was, right, okay, look. What you can do is you can celebrate Valentine's Day. That means you only do it once in the whole year. You haven't got to worry about the rest of the year. So what you do is you take your partner out for that one time. The other 364 days, you go, hey, love, you want <laughs> one day in the year you want to go out is Valentine's Day. You don't look too amused, Patrick. Um, well, I was expecting you all to be talking about like, ah, Valentine's Day. You know, is, is, it a bit of a, um, is it a bit of a commercial hype and all that? But now, now you put it that way, is it a way of uh, getting yourself out of jail with a wife? It is. It is a way of getting yourself. Uh, do you need to get out of jail with a wife? Um, again, she's listening. So uh, <laughs> just, no, 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 no. Everything's, everything's cool. Everything's cool. But no, I mean, I just wondered if um, if with Valentine's Day, um, some people may just use it as a means of doing, you know, whatever during the year and stuff, and perhaps. Uh, Perhaps leaving it all to a What's the tackiest me? present that you've ever got your wife? Tackiest present or, or, your, or your girlfriend? Ooh, <laughs> I'll never. Um, don't, say it, don't, perhaps... don't, say, don't say yourself, because that doesn't count. <laughs> uh, most predictable thing I've probably ever got was chocolates, I think. Chocolates? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Nito? What, one thi- what's the one thing that really would wind you up if you got it on Valentine's Day? Um, you know, uh, like a cheap, really cheap card. A cheap card? What? A really where it's, cheap one. And what? They left the, oh, and if they left the price tag on it. So price is everything to you? No, but still, it, I'd, I'd rather have a handmade one than... Uh, so if somebody got you one of those... On it. So what, if somebody got you one of those Tesco cheap value, cheap, cheap, cheaper than cheap, 15 pence, Valentine cards, you would be disappointed? Well, if it was just... Uh, if it was somebody who was uh, uh, interested, then I wouldn't mind. But if it was somebody like a partner and I've been with them for ages, then obviously I'd expect them to put more in. You'd expect them to put more in? Gosh! That, I thought it was all about the meaning. I thought it was like, you know, the, the depth behind it and everything. It's all, oh, wow, look, it means so much. And the words within the card, not the fact that you spent £6.50 on a Valentine's yeah, card. words as well, but it's just like you've got to put, whatever it is, you've got to put more in, not necessarily money. Oh, okay. Well, do you think actually? Uh, just going to sort of chip in there now. Actually, there could be some market maybe for cards. Uh, sorry, card shops selling actual handmade ones and have some sort of um, way of sort of like promoting sort of young and sort of up and coming artists or even artists who are just new to the scene, whatever age. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. Uh, you want to pay fifteen pound for a card, don't you? Cheers, Patrick. That's really putting pressure on me now, isn't it? You know, well, uh, you know maybe you fourteen. To- 14. Whenever you go to a card shop um, around Valentine's Day, there's all these men looking all grim, picking up cards because they have to. I hate. They have to buy a card. Honestly, I hate shopping. No, I really. No, uh, it's like, you know, doom and gloom. Got to do this for the missus. I saw. I, I, go on, go on, go on, I, I, I quite. Uh, 
comical thing happened. I remember going to a, a card shop, uh, which will remain nameless, uh, probably getting on for about a decade ago now. There was like a massive queue in the shop, as you probably would get, you know, the, today, the day before Valentine's Day. And there was all people just buying those massive great balloons and stuff. And then there was this woman there. She just was totally getting fed up with the queue and all that and how quickly or not quickly she was getting served. And she actually put a card down. She actually said to the, she actually said to the cashier, she said, so I'm sorry to let you know this, but all it seems to me is that two of you, all you want to do is basically be here blowing up balloons. Well, just to let you know, you lost yourself a sale. And popped the card down and walked out. Uh-huh. Now, did she have a point? Or was she, you know, really, day before Valentine's Day, what do you think people are going to be buying in the shop? Mm. But it was quite funny at the time, just seeing the reaction of the cashiers, though. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, yep. It, it's a challenging time. I think that's what it is. I think what happens is for men, they kind of go into this zone where it's like Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day. Got to buy a present, got to buy a present. What shall I buy? Oh no, where am I going? Damn, take a left. Is it the perfume shop? Yeah, I'll go into the perfume shop. Oh my gosh, what perfume shall I buy? I don't know. Which one does she like? Does she like Coco Chanel? What's the most common one? Which one shall I buy? I don't know. There's so many adverts on TV. Please, please, God help me. And you're looking up at the heavens and you, you just want a hand to come down on your shoulder and then suddenly point and go, choose that one. Number seven. And you, but it doesn't happen. Through, um, you know, or the rest of the year to ask for hints, don't you? Yeah, you do. But Then you've got a choice of all those things that she's hinted about. I think she should just kind of get the, the cheapest version of karate. Remember that karate aftershave that they used to do? There's got to be a female... There's got to be a... Yeah, there's got to be a female equivalent of karate that you can go and buy and go, look, it's got nostalgic value. It goes back to that 1975, 76 karate... Or whatever it is. But more importantly, who have we got on the show today? Do you know who we've got today on the show, Nitu? No. You don't. Patrick, do you know? Uh, give us a hint. Okay. If I said, is it a bird? Is it a plane? Da, 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 da. Does that kind of give you a clue what we're talking well, about? Uh, plane's not going to fit in here. Bird, well... Mm. So where, where do you normally hear that line? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's... Ah! Gosh, these guys are slow. Who's coming in today? Oh, gosh, these guys are really slow. Yeah. (laughs) It's a superhero. Well, he's not a superhero. Well, he is a superhero. We've got a gentleman by the name of Ollie McNamee, who is an amazing artist. He uh, he does loads of consultation within schools. And uh, not only that, he's a broadcaster, he's a writer, um, he works for, he does stuff with Iron Birmingham, he, uh, he does consultation within schools itself, and what he has done is he's developed a program whereby he encourages, which I didn't realise, boys have a big issue in terms of writing. And so he's found a method which encourages them to write. I could be totally wrong, but I think that's what the gist of it is. Uh, that's what he does, and we'll talk to him more about it. And we've also got... Elise White, who's coming on the show, uh, amazing uh, young woman who is a powerlifter. Now, powerlifting oh, is not... Oh, yeah. Exactly. You like powerlifting, don't you? I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I did go to the gym and do some weights, uh, but it's just like now, it's just uh, sort of gone, you know, gone off it for a couple of months, but I'll get back on it. Um, it's just, you know, it just feels good. So she's going to give us some top tips. Not yeah. only that, I think... Uh, I think deep down her ambition would be to go to the Olympics and to, to, to perform as a powerlifter or a weightlifter. But that's a different conversation as to whether... Maybe weight... she can try and lift you. 
Gosh, that's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because I'm quite, be I'm quite a big bloke, aren't I, Rolly? Just muscular. How much do you weigh? 22 stone. No, you don't. I do when I'm holding my wife. <laughs> How much do you weigh? On that note, I think we'd better play a track. and sunshine here we go yeah. my oh my oh do you like that Nito? you know what leave the singing to me guess what guess who we've got here now i can see the person so I we've got elise white yay hello hello, hello elise hello I liked all the echoes with the handshake, with, yeah, the, uh, with, well. with the clapping and what have you. Elise, it's so great to have you here on the Thank show. You. you are, and you're going to have to correct me if okay. I'm wrong, yeah. you are the world champion for powerlifting. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a powerlifter. Yeah, I am. Uh, wow. And, and 
tell us for those people who don't know what what does powerlifting entail so uh powerlifting um often kind of gets mistaken for weightlifting which you kind of see at the olympics um we see uh people in really um short singlets throwing weight above their head but actually powerlifting is um it's just a combination of the squat deadlift and the bench uh, that's the squat, it, yeah. the deadlift, and the bench. Yeah, a lot of people say that um, powerlifting's easier than weightlifting, and uh, it probably is, um, but it just looks cooler. So, so with weightlifting, is that yeah. where you hear the term the clean and jerk? Yes, that's right. Have you just googled that? No, no, I haven't googled it. I, mm, I, okay. I, I, I've always remember because it always just used to make me laugh. Yeah, you know when you hear it's clean and jerk, yeah. and you're like, right, okay, well, you know. Yeah, it's uh, a clean but, and jerk, and also the snatch. So that that <laughs> yeah. These terms are just terrible, aren't <laughs> yeah, they? Yeah, no, know, they do. On purpose, it's the snatch. They? they do. Is yeah. it? And, and this is something I was going to kind of get to. Uh, mm-hmm. It's uh, 2012. Yeah. What I remember happened was that uh, me and my wife we applied for loads of tickets for the Olympic Games. Yeah. You name it, we applied for everything. Well, I did. You know, so she, I'm just there. I'm going, oh, yeah, 100 metres, I want to see Bolt run. 200 metres, I want to see him run. 400 metres. Look, I don't care what he's running. In. I, just, I just get those <laughs> tickets. Swimming, cycling, yeah, everything. And I turned to her and I said, uh, is there anything you want to see? And she went, yeah, weightlifting. I went, what? <laughs> what? She went, weightlifting. I went, you sure? And she went, yeah, but I only want to see women's weightlifting. And I went, okay. And you know that thing where you kind of just apply and go, okay, I'll apply for it. And suddenly we've got this envelope that came through the door. And we're like, yes, we were so, I was so excited. I was like, yeah, it's got to be the 100 metres for Bolt. Opened it. It was the weightlifting. It was the only tickets that we got, which was the weightlifting. And she's really into that weightlifting, for yeah. uh, watching women weightlifting. And, and, and this is what I was going to get onto, was that it's such a male-dominated sport, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of products that they're selling continually. It's yeah. this whole thing of, you know, we live in this world whereby men need to look in a certain mm. way in terms of physicality, yeah. whereas women are portrayed that they need to also fit that certain way that they need to look. Yeah. So it, it, how, how do you find that with that kind of pressure? Because that, that is a kind of pressure on you that you yeah. need to look in a certain way. By the way, I'm not saying you're butch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So Before she beats me up. <laughs> so I oh, think, oh, sorry. Yeah. I think... Um, especially with men there's kind of always this pressure that men have to be um really big and have to have lots of muscles and and have to be really tall and 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 massive to be seen as attractive whereas i think um it's the opposite case for women where we're Uh, by the way can i say you are very attractive i i know thank you 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 know and i love that confidence (laughs) in you that that is brilliant isn't it because that's what you do want to hear people say yeah "Yeah, thank you i know it's taken a long time but you know you get there eventually um, I think it's the opposite for women. Like we're always kind of taught that we need to shrink, uh, need to shrink, um, that we need to kind of to to not take up space um, with bodies essentially, and not and not you know be strong and and just be um, you know be petite and be small and and be toned. I think that's always kind of put in in into kind of what we're supposed to look like as women to be toned and to be you know little and take up no space. But I think that's the um, the wonderful thing with with uh, powerlifting is is that the focus is never on your body. Um, I mean, it's all about your strength. It is. It's it's what it's more about what your body is capable of, which I think is the wonderful thing about the sport. What made you, you know, suddenly where well, you're sitting there? So you're you're living in this world whereby you're going. Wait there, we're living in a Barbie world. Yeah. You know, it's all about pink. Yeah. It's all about I've got to look 
feminine, you know, I've got to look a certain way, I've got to present myself in a certain way. Um, and you suddenly go, I want to be a powerlifter. What, yeah. what, what drove you towards that? Is that something that you found that you, you had this natural strength where you're suddenly going around and your mum's going, oh, uh, wait a minute, I'm just turning to your dad. Can you give me a hand with the wardrobe? Oh, no, no. Um, I, and you just suddenly turn up and you suddenly just kind of lift, slu- it, above my head, lift yeah. it above your head and, you, yeah. and everyone's like, wait a minute, has kind of got superpowers. Yeah. Uh, you know, w- w- was it that kind of, what, what made you take that kind of, that step to? Well, to- you know, I, I actually was striving for that smallness and that kind of being toned and I always focused on losing weight. And, you know, I got to, I got to university and, um, you know, I wasn't comfortable in my body and I, I was ashamed for, for being, um, deemed as, as fat and that kind of took over my mindset about what my body was and, you know, I wanted to change that. And so I went about exercise in the gym as a way to change my body and to, to look a certain way. And, and, um, was you know, it, were you doing that for you or were you doing that because people were shaming you? It was, I mean, I mean, growing up was quite, uh, difficult for me. Like, I got bullied quite a lot for, for being, um, fat, even though, you know, when I look back at pictures of me when I was in high school and, you know, I was just, I was just an average 14 year old girl. And I think that kind of played a lot of pressure onto how, I looked then so you know going into uni and wanting to change my body to look a certain way was you know I always kind of told myself oh it was for me so I can feel better about me but in the back of my head you know it is always about kind of wanting to look a certain way for other people for like validation and to feel pretty and to feel you know attractive. So I assume the positive thing that that kind of came out from that was that it helped you start that journey for yeah. that change. Yeah. So uh, I got started in the gym and, uh, you know, and I, I sought out to, to lose weight. And that was my goal. It was always about losing weight and it was about, you know, getting, losing weight and getting, getting smaller and, and being toned and being what you kind of see, like plastered all over social media and, and, and Instagram. And, and, you know, you know, it did work at first. Like I lost um, four stone, lost about four stone um, and, and was just in the gym almost, every day every single day I was running a lot doing like lots of cardio lots and lots and lots of cardio and then um I was really fortunate to meet someone at the time who um introduced me to the weight side to to training and and I think just the more I did it the more and more I fell in love with the strength side and then suddenly I was so invested in trying to put as much weight as I could on the bar and and I stopped caring about the weight that was on the scale and instead started caring about the weight that was on that bar. Is that where you became you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody um, who's ever had a difficult relationship with their body will ever be in a place where they're completely content with it. I think think it's always a work in progress. And uh, I'm in a place now where it's less, you know, I'm definitely never, ever going to want to be just doing cardio and trying to eat salads and being sad it's all about now you know performing well in the gym and doing something that is you know enjoyable and and having a really good um team around me and being a part of a really good um community which you know the, the powerlifting community so, really so is. you're more comfortable within yourself yeah a lot and, more comfortable. and do, do you think that helps a long way in terms of you helping your achieve achieve I mean what is your ultimate goal so my, my ultimate goal is, is to just be happy and to be you know invested in something and for that to what about the olympic games so this is always a question it's it's like because obviously weightlifting 
well, is slash was. I mean, there's talks of of um, Olympic weightlifting being taken out the Olympics. No, don't say so, that. My yeah. wife will get so upset. So your wife is going to be gutted. She is, especially gutted, if the women's yeah. weightlifting exactly. is taken out. It's all going to be gone. So you know, the hopes of you know powerlifting, which is far more kind of unheard of compared to Olympic weightlifting, the 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 thought of that ever being at the Olympics kind of has gone now I think to a lot of people of us, of us in the powerlifting community because, because people think that's not going to happen no I think just because you know how how Olympic weightlifting is, is viewed and then if we you know put powerlifting on the table and powerlifting in comparison it's seen as a much more kind of aggressive sport um is seen, it for the diehards yeah it's it's like it takes a lot of passion like a lot of of passion a lot of um you know, the amount of times I've cried in the gym, the amount of times that I've... I've like, done squats, they kill. Yeah. But it's, yeah, like, I mean, it, being a powerlifter just, it, it's it's awful sometimes. Like, I'm sore and I'm hungry, I'm tired. And, like, when I, when I, when I have a bad session, it's, it feels like it's the end of the world. And I know a lot of my um, close friends are powerlifters as well. And uh, they all go through the same thing and they actually got into powerlifting in the same way that I did. It was to kind of change the way that they felt about their body, especially um, in the gym and in terms of their relationship with food as well. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we've got Elise White in the house. Hey. We're going to play a track and we'll we'll talk more. Yeah. You also do um, uh, spoken word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We can just talk about other things as well. So uh, maybe the question that I want to no, is have you thought about changing from powerlifting to weightlifting, and is there a is, is there a big change? But you can dwell on that yeah. while we uh, <laughs> while we uh, while we listen to I don't know whatever's on next. <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,
Call on me. We got Elise White in the house. Hello, Elise. Hey. Thank you. Do you like that? Call on me. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd listen to that in the gym. You'd listen to that. In fact, does yeah. that? How important is music? You know, when you're when you're training out? Because I assume for a lot of people out there, you've talked about how you felt uncomfortable about how you looked and you wanted to do something about that. How important is the music that you listen to? Do you think it gets another twenty percent out of you, or ten percent, or five percent? I think, yeah, I mean, it, depending on the day, like, you'll see, um, if, if you look at me and, and basically any any lifter just before they go on that platform, you can guarantee you'll see them, like, with their headphones and jamming it into their ears or and, and their coach slapping them on the back and they're listening to that song um, before they go on the platform. Come on, what is it, Mozart? No. No, isn't it? Close. No, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> no I mean, I, I, I'm still kind of... Uh, I think it's at the moment it's it's Eminem. Eminem. Eminem, yeah, just o- OG. 28, 28 mile. OG Eminem, yeah. Was it 28 mile? Old I'm just stuff. making up 28 mile. Um, seven mile. Old, seven older mile. stuff. Seven yeah. mile. Eight mile. Eight, eight mile? Yeah, eight seven. Mile. Same. Yeah. Seven, eight, come Something on. Mile. We all do yeah. it, don't we, where we make out we've run eight miles, but really we've only done seven. <laughs> <laughs> so like at the moment, it's just, it's, for me, um, right now I'm actually listening to Ariana Grande in the gym uh, a lot. She just she gets me in that mindset of feeling fierce, so that's what you need sometimes. Yeah, my, um, yeah. Mine, cur- mine currently is faithless, insomnia. Yeah. Just where I just hear that bit. Dun, 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 dun. I can't even do the music. I won't even attempt because <laughs> I'm just terrible. How about you, Nitu? What, what song do you like to kind of work out to? I think um, if it's like dance music, then that works for me. Any specific song? No. Uh, any dance music? Dance do, you, do you have anything, Patrick? Yeah, I tend to like um, some old sort of 90s dance music. 90s dance I music. I was Force of Havoc when I was about 15 years old. I had a rowing machine. I was there away at it, you know. So old habits die hard, I think. So. Okay, so I just like the way my co-presenters just go dance music and don't come out with anything specific. I'm just like, no, but which one was it? Go on, go on, Fred. There was a song actually years ago. Go on. Uh, a bit of a prophetic meaning, maybe. Um, called Caesar Day. It was a 90s dance song. Okay. You have to look it up, that one. Okay. I don't know if you heard it. It's sort of mid-90s. I'll, I'll, I'll have to kind of put that on my uh, workout list and go seize the day and see how far I can kind of yeah. push myself in terms of doing that. Uh, coming back to earlier on where we talked about uh, you being a, a power lifter, mm-hmm. whether you would go into weightlifting. So, I mean, the, the past six months, um, I've just been doing kind of the clean and jerks and snatches and I've just been implementing to my training um, just because at the end of, of last year I went through a phase where I was I was really close to giving up powerlifting um, just because of the of how um, stressful it, it became um, in terms of meeting weight classes and um, the upkeep of training like the, the toll that it takes on your body sometimes and and you know I was just graduating from uni as well so it was just uh, it was a lot so I kind of wanted to bring that fun back to the gym and you know the reason why I even got into the gym in the first place was you know to feel good and you know so I, I tried some um, Olympic weightlifting and you know I still do it now and I really enjoy it um, so I mean I assume I there's think, that thing, isn't there, which is all kind of part of the journey. And your journey is quite interesting because you started off where you felt uncomfortable about yourself. Yeah. And so suddenly you kind of wanted to lose weight. You, you lost your weight and you then kind of go, wait there, you know what, I, I want to try and push myself. And mm-hmm. so then you've suddenly gone into that whole pushing weight, seeing how far you can kind of push your body. Yeah. And then you get to that particular moment yeah. where you're like, 
do I really want to carry on with this? Yes. Because now yeah. there's a fine line where it's becoming uncomfortable. Yeah. And how much do I really want it? And I yeah. assume that, that there's a very fine line, isn't there? It's a yeah, very, possi- very fine line. That's the, the, the biggest thing that I found, and I know that a lot of my um, closest friends find um it's it's similar to boxing in the way that you have to meet a weight class um and it's that's a difficult thing is because i i naturally just sit and fall at just above a certain weight class um whereas i'm way under in another and you know for the past competitions that i've done um i've always cut down to that one and i think there's always that it kind of takes the fun out of it a little bit because then you're you're starting to have to cut your calories back and then you're starting to worry about the weight on the scale and it, it brings you into that cycle of what you wanted to break in the first place when you kind of started powerlifting. Is that because you, you your body automatically falls into a certain class? Yeah, yeah. And then you're kind of told, ah, you're not there and you're not there and you're yeah. kind of like, oh, damn, I've got to lose the weight yeah. or I've got to gain the weight, yeah. uh, which is... Yeah, and it's it's always difficult. Like right now, this is the first the competition that I've got coming up um, on the fourteenth of April. Yeah, come yeah. on. So, where's so where's that, that going to be? So that's uh, it's the British University Championships. Um, it's it's uh, a big one. That's kind of I've done it before. Um, I did awful first time. That was my first ever proper competition as well. Uh, I did it last year. But the fact that you did it is yeah, just kind yeah, of brilliant. Yeah, you yeah. Know. I was I was just hard on myself, and and and, and it's funny enough. Like mentioning it, it, my I got so stressed about making weight for that competition that I lost too much weight, and it messed my performance up so much on the day. And and you know this this time around, I'm in a weight class where I'm just so under. So I can just eat a whole cake before stepping on the scale and I'd be fine, that sort of thing. So you're loving it then at the moment. Yeah, yeah, we got pizza, yeah. do you want it? Oh, yeah, do you want cake? I've got it. We've yeah. got KFC, I've got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got McDonald's as well? Yeah, I love that as well. Yeah, See, bring no, it on. Everybody thinks that, but that's, it's so frustrating thing. Like, I can't... So it's when when people think of bulking they they think automatically of like oh i can eat a whole pizza or something but it affects your performance in in a negative way as is the same way as not eating enough as well like if you're not eating the the right stuff oh you've got um, to eat the right stuff that's yeah yeah so i mean um it, it it varies from lifter to lifter so you'll never you'll never meet one lifter that is eating the same um amount is another lifter and the the thing that we kind of focus on mainly as as power lifters is you're focusing more on kind of carbohydrates and and your fat and protein intake as much as you are about the calorific um side to it so i um We'll take, you know, if, if I don't get protein in naturally, if I don't eat enough protein, then I'll just sub out for a, um, like a quick protein scoop. Um, but, but I also take things like pre-workout if, if you know, I haven't had enough coffee. Um, or I'll well, take... Wait there, you, you've, you, so you just yeah, believe no. in that whole thing of have a coffee before you work? Because there, are, there yeah. are a lot of people who work out who go, you know what, I've got to have a coffee before I... Yeah, I mean, it's, especially if, you, if you're... I mean, even before, before powerlifting when I was doing... Um, I used to do like run... 8k a couple times a week and I would have to have two coffees before that and it's like now if if I don't have some form of caffeine before a workout um then I just 
my performance is awful and it's um it's the same with competitions if you if you saw me on competition day i'll send you pictures i'll send you pictures like, are, are you allowed to have caffeine before you lift or is that yeah, yeah, I, I think is there, that are there limits or there is, is there is a limit but uh, i'm okay. not really sure what the limit is and 20 I coffees probably, like succeeded it like massively at competitions because yeah. i think i'm normally drink about eight cans of monster on a, on a competition day and it, you feel hungover the next day it's absolutely awful you just lie in bed and you have this come down of of sugar and caffeine and it feels like you are dying and if you've had a bad performance that probably makes it even oh, worse oh god yeah so yeah awful need to question more questions um do you work out every day no um so going back before when i before powerlifting i was working out almost every day um but, you know, since I started powerlifting, I will train properly. I have a program um, done by my coach. Uh, her name's Emily Norley. She's fantastic, by the way. Um, so I have a specific program that, and I have four days a week in the gym where I have to do a specific thing. Uh, and I'll num- sometimes I'll just have an extra day in the gym where I'll go in, I'll take time to stretch and, and take care of my body and, and rehab. Um, just cause I get quite a lot of niggles, like my shoulder will hurt a little bit or my knee will hurt sometimes. And you have to kind of catch those things, um, quickly. So, so I normally, yeah. So when you, when you've got those, do you just kind of back off and just go oh, and push myself as much? So I, well, <laughs> I know that my boyfriend is listening right now and, uh, he's a physio and he, he always tells me to like, that is a great combination, isn't it? it is you kind of, I, I, I'm very lucky. Very, Do you very get lucky. back home and you go, Oh, you know what? I've done, I'm in so much pain. He's like, Oh yeah, don't worry. Love, well, no, so you you know. think that, but like you, you, you'd think in your head, it'll be a nice like massage, but no, he hurts. He just like jams his elbow. No, but me. he's doing what men like. Cause this is what men like. Men are like, like, yeah, I want a massage, and your wife will be giving you a massage, or your partner, whoever, and you're like, no, I want you to hit me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a bit harder. I know, I know it's good for me. It's just not. It's not. It's not nice. But he he always tells me he's like, well, you know, if it's hurting, stop. But I've I've kind of I push myself a little bit because I know that. If if I stop every time I, I feel a bit sore, if, if I wake up, like right now I'm aching everywhere because I had a hard workout yesterday. But the big thing I've learned is that movement is medicine. Um, so, you know, getting up and doing a little bit of cardio and doing some stretching, doing some light weights and, and just, you know, doing... Slowly getting into it. Yeah, yeah. slowly getting back into it. And like your body just, I, I find it recovers better for me. Um, but obviously, yeah. like if you've broke your back, I wouldn't suggest... Don't carry carrying on, on. Yeah, yeah. yeah maybe yeah. not consult your doctor just in case anybody's <laughs> yeah. listening I was in pain that Elise White though she said carry on no yeah. <laughs> no Patrick um, yeah. you got a question yeah I was going to say when you go to the gym obviously you see you're away from the mic by the way am I how about now um, when you go to the gym obviously you see class after class don't you like you know body pump body attack you know all the ones like that actually more aimed at sort of actually I suppose bulking out um, I'm guessing anyway but have you seen like an influx of classes for actually powerlifting itself has there been much movement there do you think or not there yet i think it's on the up i think powerlifting as a whole as a sport in the in the past um year has just it's just absolutely blown up which is it's fantastic like it just as a sport it's incredible and it's doing so much for different people and um and uh, i mean i haven't seen that many specific classes but there are more and more um kind of clubs and also um opportunities especially for for women and also for for men who may not fit that ideal body type to be able to go 
to an inclusive space and and be taught how to lift properly because I feel like the biggest thing that people find is when they go into a gym the most intimidating section of a gym is always the weights um I've got a lot of female friends um my friends Amy and Lydia they 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 always say you know how they they're always a bit too worried to go into the weight section because of like grunting men and stuff and <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like that um, come on yeah <laughs> do you do that that's what we want yeah, to know. do, do that. come on do, do 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 that where you like do. I mean you know what no it's... let's say you do a grunt come on let's pretend you've got weights on both sides I want to hear you kind of lift it come on let, let's say it. Right. Okay, right. go on go so I do this thing as well my breathing I always do a really really weird like breathing I always sound like a I think my my boyfriend says I sound like a, like a teapot um like I always go. Wow. wow! Yeah, I know. so you you are the teapot yeah, powerlifter. Teapot, teapot power I think that should be your middle name. Teapot. Elise Teapot White. Okay, all right. I'll get working. In on fact, that. it should be Elise White Teapot. No, Elise White Tea. No, I, I, you know well, what? I'll work on it. Well, I'll yeah, I'll it. let you work on it. Yeah, yeah that that's uh, great. Um, something we all want to know. Yeah. How much can you lift? Come on, you know when you like when you how much can you bench? As the blokes would say, come on, how much? My son says that to me. He's eighteen <laughs> years of age. Yeah, dad, but how much can you bench? Uh, and I'd like turn the other way and go right. Uh, let's see what's on TV. Well, how about I'll come back after my competition and I'll tell you then. Oh, okay. <laughs> We've got Elise White here. We're going to play a track. You also have a big interest in spoken word. Yep. Yeah. Have you bought some spoken word? I have indeed, and one that's kind of. Uh, what, one Were you just going to do a teapot sound then? No. I thought you just like before you took that breath, I thought you were going to do So the piece that uh, I was going to perform kind of reflects the journey that you, you have in terms of wanting to be physically strong and the battle of how it doesn't, it doesn't always cross over into being mentally strong as well. Um, so yeah, the piece that I've got to perform is, um, it's actually a piece I've just been, uh, commissioned on to perform, um, next month at, um, Birmingham, uh, museum art gallery for their, uh, wow. women's fest. So that, that's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. yeah it's really that's cool. yeah. 8th of March, is it? The yes, uh, women's 8th of inter- March. It's a tell it, the, I'm performing at the tell me a story exhibition. Brilliant. Yeah. Let's hear this. Incredible man on this earth.
Yep. Smooth man. I'm a man. I'm a man. Am I a man? In fact, at least we were talking about Valentine's Day earlier on. How okay. important is it? You know, your your, your partner's listening. Mm-hmm, yeah. Are you expecting a massage? Is he expecting a massage? Are you expecting to be taken to Paris, to Rome, to to Vienna, to to Tipton? You know, what are you expecting? <laughs> so you know what? Like I've just, I've always never really thought of Valentine's Day as, as a as a as anything special, but also something that's not not special. It's always just been like another day and. You know, I, it's, at the moment, I'm just, I just, the past two Valentines, I've been lucky to be with the person that I'm with now, and he's wonderful, and, and. Just tell him what you want now. Uh, well, actually, <laughs> I planned what we're doing tomorrow. Really? Yeah, Good. so. Does he know? Yeah, of course he does, yeah. Um, we're going is he paying throwing. for, is he paying for it? No, I'm paying. What you, what, what are you doing? You're doing what? Axe throwing. Axe throwing? Yeah, yeah. Is he standing on the other side to catch it? Maybe. If he, if it depends how he, how he treats me tomorrow. We'll see. Axe throwing? What does yeah. that entail? Throwing, throwing axes, axe. yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's different, isn't it? Yeah, it's really cool. That is very different, yeah. isn't it? So is what, he going to be on like, one of those little wheels? I mean, I can probably make that happen. Probably. Yeah. Probably make that happen. So is it to see if you can throw an axe and make it land in some wood or something I like that? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think there's like targets or something. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's in Brum. Um I think, yeah. I mean, I, a couple of my friends have, have gone to it and they've told me about it. And so, you know, I was thinking, you know, what, you know, what should we do for Valentine's Day? Like, I just, I, Valentine's Day is just another day, but I'm just going to use it as an excuse to do something cool with my partner. I think. That is brilliant. Well, uh, we ain't got long before the news and I know that you've bought some poetry in. Yeah. So uh, can, can you tell us the title of this uh, poetry that you, the spoken word and, uh, yeah. and fire away? Yeah, this uh, this is a piece uh, I wrote. It's called Sugar Water. Um, like I said earlier, it's just reflecting kind of the um, the mental processes of, of of being a physically strong person, but um, trying to 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 make my way through life and and be as mentally strong and have a positive relationship with my body. Um, I suppose, but yeah, this is Sugar Water. I lift weights. I lift weights to build muscle to fill the space that I am told not to take up. My shoulders are higher than my hopes that someday things will change. I think I am the change. Try to change my body, my lifestyle, dedicate it to growing instead of shrinking. So how come when the man in the staff office kitchen grabs my thigh, I can't move my legs even with all their power that I have built? He calls them chunky. And in that moment, I become sand slipping through fingers even when I wanted to feel like stone. Hard. Hard curb edges. I am 16. There's nothing sweet about it. When dad's friend touches my waist, why do alarm bells ring and all I see are red flags redder than the lipstick I wore? Why do my lips feel like a flag that taunts a bull? I am target practice and near misses. I am a magnet. I am X marks the spot. The spot between my hips is shaking hands with men I didn't welcome. My body is a welcome home party and people feel obliged to crash. My hands tremble like salt and pepper pepper shakers at a dinner party my fingers clink together like forks to a champagne glass but my toast is just one breath of relief through stumbling through my 20s being thankful i haven't been taken yet my stomach feels like ribbons and skipping stones my head is a casket full of hopes I revolt this body, try and shape shift this body into acceptance, but accepting the compliment feels easier said than done when his hands, they look like hands, but they feel like bear traps, swallowing bees and running stop signs. My heart does not beat to the sound of its own drum, it races on the walk home, keys imprinted into the palm of my hand, his hands, how can they feel like hands but move like lightning? Electric shocks and drowning. 
I push against the tide, try to baptise myself in calm waters, but the water rises again. And the body that I built from broken bones and apologies dissolves like sugar water. Way! Wow! That is brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a piece that um, I've been commissioned on. Um, it's one of the wow. first proper pieces that I wrote as well, so it's it's my favourite, I think. Gosh, and how yeah. long has that taken you to kind of uh, write? That piece in particular, um, the thing with my piece is that they just, I'll get a piece of inspiration and then all of a sudden I've got this whole piece written. Brilliant. So you're performing that on the 8th of March. Yes. Uh, which is at Birmingham Art and Museum. Yes. You've also got your competition, which is... Uh, it's 14th of April. 14th of April. Where can they get the details on? So uh, you can find all details on all the things that I'm doing on my Instagram. Uh, that's uh, the platform I'm most kind of active on and always putting What's things on. What's your Instagram? On. My Instagram is Elise. So that's E-L-I-S-E underscore isn't underscore cool. So Elise that, Though she cool. is cool. But uh, <laughs> wow, you know what? You've been absolutely amazing. Thanks Thank so you so much you. for Thank coming you. on. Um, let's hear it for Elise White. Thank yeah. You. Wow, I don't know how that puts pressure on our next guest, you know. But you've got a secret smile And you use it only for me Nobody knows it But you've got a secret smile And you use it only for me So use it and prove it Remove this world Sadness, I'm losing and blessing, but you can save me from madness. Nobody knows it, but you've got a secret smile.
Semisonic Secret Smile. Talking to Secret Smile, we've got our next guest in. Is it a bird? Did you like that kind of? Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Ollie McNamee. Yeah. Thank you. You are a bit of a superhero, though, aren't you? No. With, well, that, with that moustache you've grown, you look like a superhero. Super loud. <laughs> That's a power, isn't it? Super moustache. Super mustachio. As an ex-teacher, I've got eyes in the back of my head and super hearing. That's about it, isn't it? That's what I always used to say, whenever I do any facilitation, I'll say to the kids, can you speak louder? And they'll go, why? And I'll go, because I'm slightly deaf. <laughs> but I'm not. It's just that they would be so quiet. I would do that. For you to say that you can hear them, I'm impressed. Well, They're with being... ears like this, you've got, you know, you've got to, haven't you? God gave me ears so I could hear people. Well, well, I, I'm not going to make any comment on that, you know. So, uh, sorry, kind of you, Vimal. No, it's, it's look, it's it's wonderful to have you on the show. Thank I mean, you. you 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 do consultancy within schools. You're a writer. You're a broadcaster. You you work with Comic Con as well. Yeah, I, I think you're a judge as well. Are you? Uh, do you I've ju- been judges on certain things, but I tend to do uh, panel hosting at Comic Cons up and down the country. I'm I'm involved with a big one at Aston University on the third of August called Not Another Comic Con. Oh, okay. Because yeah. people are getting bored of them now, or is it? I just... think this is the one where we're being quite sarcastic, a bit cheeky. It was basically done by a guy called Pete, Peter Burke, who did it as part of his masters. Um, and I, this was two years ago, and I filmed him for for evidence for his masters. And I was taken by how passionate he was about comic cons. So we're hoping to do something different, get graffiti um, artists involved, have a bit of a sort of educational element to it. Um, and uh, Aston University is a great place to be in the summertime, I dare say. So here's open not another Comic Con, 3rd of August. 3rd of August. Uh, and and well, does, this, well, does this tie in with the festival that you're also doing? Is it V-Fest? Uh, High Viz Fest, High Viz, which High is Viz, a graffiti, yeah. like you said, ma- uh, jack of all trades, master of none. High Viz Fest. That could a, be your character's name. <laughs> is it a bird? Is it a plane? No. <laughs> jack of all trades. Super blagger, I think my name is. Jack of all trades, master of none. Da, 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 da. No, but that's, uh, that's a street festival where street art, dance, um, comics, and hopefully uh, with Elise sitting uh, to my left, spoken word this year as well. Maybe you could get her on. Mm. So it's interesting, isn't it? You used to say high-vis. As soon as anyone mentions high-vis, at the moment, I just think of Paris. Well, it's interesting. And I think protesting, yes, activism. they robbed our idea, didn't they? (laughs) (laughs) No, we we called it high-vis because, of course... Um, you know, you put on a high-vis jacket and it'll get you literally anywhere. So it's a kind of an in-joke for the, some of the more guerrilla artists like... Um, well, I won't say his name because he swears. Uh, but, um, F-O-K. Yeah, the guerrilla artist at the moment. I've tried to... I've, I, I, I touched base with him and I said, I want him on the her. show. Oh, exactly. I said, I want them on our show. And I said, you can disguise your voice. Yeah. So uh, I'll actually send him another, another message saying, oh, I know Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> he or her is are very secretive I must admit yeah. but I do enjoy uh, the social commentary they're making through certain art installations and, and, and what I believe is happening now is that uh, that work's got him into working with uh, poorer communities in Leamington Spa although that sounds like an oxymoron when you talk about Leamington Spa and other areas so you know he's using his art to comment on um, the social issues that are prevalent in Birmingham today. Because he's, he's just done one recently on New Street. Was it called Brexo? Brexo, yeah. Sort of yeah, fake where, shop. Yeah, created. There's a shop, and yeah. you just literally put all the uh, tags and labels all over yeah. it. 
to highlight the issues that are kind of going it's on. Very, it's, it's, I call it private eye meets this. It's that kind of British sensibility of sarcasm and humour. Some people have called him the Birmingham bank, or her, the Birmingham bank. Yeah, that's just lazy, isn't it? Is it, yeah. Unfortunately, Do you think people just kind of go, yeah, everyone, even you could be Banksy. Yeah. <laughs> you are, <laughs> aren't you? something arrives with Banksy with a W, but no. Uh, <laughs> I think people go to Banksy straight away, don't they, who himself robbed the idea of stenciling from a French artist. Um, we, we, but I think yeah. there's more to it, and I think we, as a as a community that has been that has thrived with street art so much over decades, um, I think we, you know, part of what we're trying to do with High Vis Festival is let people know, you know, everyone can have their say artistically. It doesn't have to be stencil. It can be something like what this uh, F Wolf does, um, and it can be something as straightforward. So, as are you are you there. a big fan of uh, activism? Very much so, yes. Very much Social so. Social change. To, I used to be a union rep in my previous job as a teacher. Okay. So I'm a big believer. Watch out, Derry Catton. <laughs> big believer in rights. And I think that's the reason why I get involved with a lot of uh, community activities, whether it's comic, comic, comic cons, graffiti cons, or, um, hand, or things like this. That is just wonderful. I mean, you just such a wide range of stuff that you do and brilliant projects that you're involved in. I mean, I love going around the custard factory. I know they didn't do it last year. I think they did it the year before. And the graffiti artists are just absolutely amazing. One of my favourite artworks, and I, well, there was a couple that I really liked, but I was very fortunate to chat to was a whole graffiti artist. And he did this one where he had a massive uh, painting, uh, graffiti drawing, whatever you want to call it, wall art of Donald Trump as a pig. And he's about to press the nuclear bomb button. And you just had all these explosions behind him. And I I just looked at it and I was just like, wow. And then there was another one by a Scottish guy. I forgot his name. And it was the one of, uh, gosh, what's the character's name? Um, He used to do the Guinness adverts, blonde hair. Oh, Rooker Hauer. Rooker Hauer. Yeah, yeah. it was him. And, And it was a massive, like 30 foot. You know, it's it's under the arches. I don't know whether they're still there because you can't get access to the arches and they only opened it up for the festival that they did. So I don't know whether they're still there or whether they've been painted over. Oh, you're talking about the arena, aren't you, under the arches? Are you talking about that? By Round by the custard factory yeah, round there, yeah. Yeah, I do know. Yeah, that was from City of Colours from a few City years ago. City of Colours, that was yeah, it. Yeah. Would they still be there, do you know? Uh, no, uh, City of Colours unfortunately sort of fell by the wayside, but the two years they ran was actually phenomenal. I think um, our festival is, is coming out of a need, we right. believe, in um, getting back to grassroots, trying to support local artists, as well as um, an art form that, thanks to people like Banksy, thanks to our generation growing up with the early um, graffiti that we saw, more people can see it for what it is. Yes, we've still got the vandals and the taggers, but most people understand that a lot of these artists are as professional as any comic book artist or anything hanging up in the Louvre. So, um, so as you say, it's that whole thing of you've got the whole variety of things, which is, which is great, which brings me on to, really, in terms of variety, because that's something that young people need in terms of in getting them to engage in order to write. And this is what I was going to go on to, is that there's, is there, is there studies out there to show that young boys 
aren't great writers or they don't engage in writing. I'm or that they're... study. I'm that study. I was the kid in school who didn't read a single book unless it was thrust in front of me by a teacher. I didn't fall in love with education. I didn't fall in love with books until A-level. Uh, I read comics profusely as a child. It's my first love. It's going to be my last love. And I'm very passionate then, being that person, being the Wizard person. and Chips or being Wizard a... and Chips. It was, it was basically dandy. Superman, Batman. And, and, and at an earlier age, Wizard and Chips, Dandy and Asterix and Obelix and, and Tintin. I mean, it was so varied. And the great thing is with comics today, as, as I was telling your other guest, Elise, there's so much variety out there nowadays. There is a, literally a comic for everyone. And it's plugging that into young children uh, and realising the power of, of, of what's known as sequential art to tell stories and to unlock the literacy that, that many children, many communities in Birmingham particularly, struggle with. So how, how do you go about doing that then? Do you, are you, is this whole kind of thing of, um, I don't know, finding out if they had a superpower, what kind of superpower that would be? Is that, is that your... Well, well, here's a little story. So historic, a bit of historical context. Back in the late 1800s, um, in, in the New York Journal, uh, there was this comic book character called the Yellow Kid. It's effectively a very racist stereotype of a Chinese immigrant in the 1800s at a time when these communities didn't have a voice. But, of course, as a piece of business, it was very clever because it allowed those communities where English as an additional language is an issue to access the news. So this yellow kid basically spoke to those immigrant communities through pictures. And so these communities were able to access literature, access literacy, access the news of the day through comic strips in the same way as I did and in the same ways we see happening in less developed countries. Now, India, for example, there's a huge boom in comics. And as a result of that, there's a whole educational boom in comics as well as people who are now my age, and I said, you know, growing up with comics, realise the power they had in my life, certainly, and the power they can have with less developed pupils. Um, certainly, if you want to know research, 20 years of being a teacher and working with comics in the classroom uh, and seeing how effective that can be and how it can change certain people's grades around, not talking about life-changing, but, you know, these things... At least they can get an understanding yeah. and find out... Is it, is it about telling a story? Is that, is that your main emphasis about it, trying to get young boys to write stories or because they, obviously they've got the imaginative element i mean if yeah. you're into comics they, 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 it's, it's, it depends which year group you're looking at i mean if i was going into a junior school and i'm working with a um, um a junior school at the moment up in west brom you're talking very much at creating a character and you might do that in the first session in the second session you're world building this is where the very process of drawing I can guarantee by the time they've drawn for five minutes, they've already got a story in their head. Okay. The character comes first in their world, then the world. Now, in some comic book writers' worlds, they have the world first, then the characters. But for me and for the children I teach, it tends to be the characters, then the world comes. I mean, that is a very clever way, isn't it? It's that whole thing of where they're suddenly drawing something, and while they're drawing it, they're actually thinking about, mm. well, how many fingers has this guy got? Why has he got six fingers? Why has he got... Four arms. Why has he got? You know, why has yeah. he got three eyes? Why hasn't he got no ears or whatever it is? Yours would have ears, obviously, based on you. But um, <laughs> but I assume it's that whole thing of what they start doing while they're drawing is they start asking that question why, and then that creates the world around them, which suddenly enables mm. them to tell that story. And I mean, there is some evidence that kinesthetic learning and visual learning tend to be uh, more appropriate 
with boys. And so these reluctant readers that do tend to be boys um, do tend to access comics. But, of course, girls access comics as well. And, you know, there are low-ability boys. There are also low-ability girls. And when we introduced graphic novels to Romeo and Juliet and to Macbeth for less-able and middle-ability students, we saw the changes in their results because they're able to access what to them is a dead language. And let's face it, Shakespeare should be performed. Not a lot of schools can afford to go and watch a performance. Next best thing is get a comic strip in. And, you know, it really has opened up the eyes to a lot of pupils. And so is there a comic strip with Shakespeare? Oh, there's tons of them. Oh, is there? There's okay. tons of them, yeah. In fact, there's, a, there's an artist friend of mine, Kevin Hopgood, who's put a little teaser on his uh, Facebook page where there's just a picture of Shakespeare and a little lad... Uh, and he's trying to get everyone to guess what it is. He's saying it's a children's book, um, so it'd be fascinating to see what that turns out as. I assume the beauty in it is, is that you, you must see that the, the young kids that you were teaching, because there are so many from so many different backgrounds, how they create those characters. Because when you're growing up, and I'm talking about this in, in my sense of being of Asian background, when I was growing up, I was always told white stories. That's not a bad thing, you know, don't get me wrong, that, that's great. But I was never told about anything else. And, I, and maybe I did occasionally get the time to create a character, but I didn't feel free enough to kind of suddenly go into it because people would be making these judgments on me. Whereas when you're suddenly making a character, it doesn't matter what colour they are. No. You can, it can be any colour that you want to be. And if you want them to be brown or black or whatever, or purple or yellow or red, you've got the licence to do that and assume it's... Overcoming those I wish, barriers. I wish it was still the same. There's a lot more diversity in the sort of characters in comics now, thankfully. And a lot of um, revamps of characters often put in a different skin or even into a different gender to create that diversity. You know, we've got to remember back in the 40s and the 60s when these comics were being created, they're being created by predominantly white men. And so you're going to have a whole genre that reflects white, white characters. Culture. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, that's changed with so many different movements. And, 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 and as you've just said, like in India, it's a massive thing. So, you, you, so you're suddenly going to go, well, it's wait huge. there, these and are going to be Indian characters. There's a at the moment called Ram V, who's just about um, to write his first ever comic for DC. You know what, I, I'd spoken to you brief uh, last time, I think, we met. We did. And you told me about his characters that he's created. And I was just like hooked. I was like, wow, if I ever had the opportunity to play that character, I would love to play that character. And first Asian writer on Batman. You just like, How wow. great is that? And this is through talent, but it's those sort of things that you can pass on to kids. Let's, let's face it, we're in a world now where I don't know what my daughter's going to do in 10 years' time. We'd be silly not to bring comics into the classroom in many different ways. I use it for literacy, but there's other ways I've used it, and I say storytelling is one of those ways. So what is the plan for you, then, in the sense that is this a model that you're testing and showing that, obviously, there's improvement in results? Are you kind of going, look, we need to campaign for this, we need to get all schools to adopt this kind of strategy, you know, I implementation of this program. Because, look, it is making changes. It is connecting with young boys who is, is, that is a fact, isn't it, where they don't connect, you know, in terms of storytelling. So whereas the girls are better at it, though, I assume it still helps. Does it help the girls? It does. We can't, you know, we can't fall for the sort of the generalization that girls do better than boys. They do. But um, there's been certain years where I've looked at my results in English for the school I used to work at, where boys have actually done better. And we've got to sort of drill down um, those things. And, and it's about reinventing the wheel and adding new spokes to it. And comics in the classroom have been around for years. 
but I think a lot of schools still play lip service to how they use these valuable resources in the classroom. If I'm buying a book of Macbeth for a pound, but I'm buying a graphic novel for £10, I've got to know why I'm buying that and what's it going to do. And it's got to do something a little bit more than just teach Shakespeare. And there are things at the new GCSE now, like structural devices, that are beautifully taught through comics, through storyboarding. And without that, I don't think I'd be able to have that skill. And so on both a local level and a national level, uh, I have been talking to teachers. I have done for a number of times. I'm working um, for a training company called CTC who are based in Birmingham. Um, And only two months ago, I was talking to 60 teachers just outside Portsmouth on the power of comics. From that alone, they're now going to come down to the Portsmouth Comics Show that me and some friends are involved with on a May Day bank holiday. Meet the artists up front. And, of course, a lot of these artists remember having good times in school. And I'm a big believer in saying, asking a question and expecting a no. You get a yes, great. That's wonderful. So you are looking at making change. I hope so, yes. It's different when you stand there as a specialist rather than a teacher. People listen to you when they've paid for your services. Gosh, he ain't cheap. Got to see how much we've paid. We've got to pay him tonight uh, for doing this show. (laughs) All in kind. Uh, Yeah. Uh, That's great. Look, who who we got on the show? Ollie McNamee. Um, We're going to play a track, and I've got a question for you. So I'm sure you're asked this all the time. We'll ask Elise as well. If you had a superpower, what would that superpower be? So, that, do, do you think that's kind that's of a good question? That is a good question, yeah.
where the streets have no name, you two. Yeah. Do you like you two, Nita? Yes, I do. Yeah? Do you, Patrick? Oh, do you, is it a bird, is it a plane? No, it's Ollie McNamee. In That's the corner. If I like you too. <laughs> they start paying their taxes, I like them. Oh, I like that. I like, how about you, Elise? Uh, yeah. She's thinking, yeah. gosh, that's made me feel really guilty. <laughs> I hate I, I hate you two now. <laughs> no, you know, not, not, not a not-not-not not not fan, but not a fan. Not-not, okay, fair enough. They, they, were, they were a big band for me uh, when I was younger. Well, stadium rock for people like Elise at her age. Exactly. And anyway, she doesn't, she doesn't work out to you two anyway, does she? So no. that, that's not going to have a big thing. So coming back to your superpower, Ollie, if you had a superpower... I always go for invulnerability. Every time I've thought it through. I've had, I've had 40 years of thinking this through. And invulnerability is the best one. It kind of means I'm going to live forever like Wolverine. And part of me thinks if I'm... But invul- wait, a superpower? Yeah, that's a superpower. What, having vulnerability? Yeah, of course, invulnerability. In, I, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant vulnerability. No, 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 I thought, I'm why does he want to be... Invulnerability. <laughs> I thought, why does he want vulnerability <laughs> oh, for... got that. <laughs> yeah, why? Yeah, we've all got that. We're all vulnerable. <laughs> Oh, it's invulnerability. Yes, okay. I just think, I mean, and it's been proven in the comics with Wolverine, it's just unstoppable. And I think you don't need superpowers other than invulnerability. I don't need super strength. I don't need to be invisible. I don't need to fly. I'm invulnerable. Oh, Try no. and stop me. Okay, gosh, we can't, we can't trump that <laughs> now, can we? How about you, Nitu? What, what superpower would you have? Well, I would like to have the power to turn anyone into... A chapati. <laughs> 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 yeah, anything, anything like that, you know, uh, into a frog or a, a clock or a clock, a wall or a statue. How long for? Forever. Forever. Gosh, Ollie, don't upset her. Sounds like she wants to be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think they still ch- turn people into a living thing, don't they? She's saying a clock. She's thought through, and she sounds like a supervillain, not a superhero. Yeah, supervillain. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, uh, Patrick? Uh, well, in comparison, mine sounds a bit more generic, perhaps a bit more of an easy one to choose, but it would definitely be to fly. To fly? Yeah, for two reasons. Go on. Well, firstly, when I was a kid, I was a massive fan of the Snowman movie, Christmas movie. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought you uh, were going to say that you were a big fan of, when I'm a bird, all I want to do is... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bill, who's your very best friend? No, okay, so it's the yeah, snow, yeah. Snowman. Yeah, yeah. The Christmas classic. Walking um, in the air. Oh, wait, I'll stop there. I'm just terrible. Oh, yeah. I can't yeah, sing yeah, either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christmas in the early 80s. Eh? Um, but the other reason, of course, is uh, having driven many, many days after many, many days going through Birmingham, the damn traffic. Uh, you could avoid all that, couldn't you? You could, get, you could, you could well, be the flying eye. Well, if you got activism with Ollie, I'm sure he'd get all the cars and the buses off the roads and then you wouldn't need to fly. Or get a bicycle. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that, but yeah, I, I like that. Elise, would you? Oh, okay. So, I mean... You can't say I, to become the champion of powerlifting. No, I think mine would be... And it's just going to sound so cliche of a powerlifter to say it, but, like, mine would be to just be able to, um, like, make food and drink appear out of nowhere. Like, that I want to. Because, like, I just get craving all the time. Like, what would earlier, it be? What, would, what food would it be? Oh, so, have you, have you, have you, have you guys been to the, the new Tim Hortons in town yet? Oh! oh donuts! Yeah. Canadian yeah. donuts! Yeah, the Canadian I've, I've donuts. I've had them in though. Canada. I've had them in Canada. Okay, you beat, you beat me there. But, like, 
You know what? I haven't tried them in, in Canada yet, so they're they're great here. So I don't have any kind of like reference. And their coffees are great, though, aren't the they? The coffees are great as well. So like you know, like today I was at work and I was just craving. They, they have this like donut. I forgot what it's called. It's like a really weird shaped one. And I just keep, I had it for the first time the other day, and I just I feel I feel dirty because I just keep thinking about it. Like I just donut, think about it. Donut, donut, it's just donut. always in the back of my head, and like. You know, I'll be having a really nice romantic dinner with my boyfriend and it'll be like really nice steak and vegetables. But all I can think about is that donut. Like it's all I'm thinking about since I've had it. And like it's taken all my willpower not to go and get like 12. And I've got visions of you being in like one of these five star Michelin star restaurants and you're just sitting there and you know and the guy comes over and you know the waiter service and everything else and madame would you like I, I don't know why I'm doing that accent he, he, he's, he's not even French even though that was my attempt at trying to do French maybe he even sounded Indian but whatever he is and uh, you're just thinking donuts <laughs> I think you've been influenced by Homer Simpson, haven't you? Donuts. Donuts. All, all I can think about is just, I don't know what, what happened. I just, I'm not, a, I'm not a sweet person. I really like savoury food. And it's just, since I've had that donut, all I can think about is that donut and just sweetness. Gosh. Yeah, it's changed me. So that would be my power is to just make. To make food. To make donuts. To make, no, to make that specific Tim Horton donut. Yeah. Tim, <laughs> any given I, I just I just had visions of your cartoon character like just making donuts all the time suddenly you've got somebody chasing you and you'd make a massive donut and they'd get stuck in the donut or you know or, yeah because then you can eat it after you can eat great. it afterwards yeah. you know there's a car chase suddenly you make this massive donut it's in the middle of the road sounds great Gosh, yeah. do I, a donut in the car yeah it could be the steering wheel <laughs> yeah donut in the car do a donut in the yeah, car because driving is a term isn't it when you do donuts <laughs> going round and round and round I keep forgetting that you're from Liverpool and obviously they do donuts all the time don't they doing that kind of in <laughs> yeah, their own I've caught your car outside already <laughs> was yours a Ferrari parked outside <laughs> the yellow one did you know yeah, is that what dad's car tonight <laughs> no that that's uh, that's uh, uh, great um, do you want to know what my super kind of power would be I don't know whether it's a superpower. I, I would like to be able to go anywhere in time. That's a superpower. Time travel. Time, yeah. It's amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, just, I would be just like, a bit like Doctor Who, kind of going, yeah, which era do I fancy? Let's go to 1947, the uh, independence of India. Let's see what's going on. The crossover between India and Pakistan. Let's see what's going on. Uh, I think it's time to leave. I better go over the other side. <laughs> but I, I think that whole thing of kind of, Going through that whole history element, you know, 1600s, 1400s back. But you wouldn't be able to do anything, touch anything, or play around with anything. Yeah, because I might not be know, here. It's that, it's that uh, dilemma, isn't it? If you had the power to go back in time, would you kill Hitler as a baby? It's that philosophical dilemma that if you did, something else worse would rise up in their place. Would can, you go back in time and kill Trump as a baby? Might be the more up-to-date version Can you of imagine, one. though, if... I'm sure there's shows out there already whereby you have killed Hitler... But the world today, we wouldn't have all this technology. We're almost still living, you know. Although Hitler, obviously, there was some technology, but there wasn't the technology well, that's technology around today. It does have its orig- origins, including the internet, in the military. So, you know, there is something to be said about that. Yeah. So, yeah, you kind of just go, you know, would people be racing to go to space? You know, that whole kind of thing, that pressure, domination, controlling the world. So you kind of wonder... Unfortunately, in a patriarchal world... So I'm very left wing. We'd always be wanting to go to the moon, wouldn't we? Because it's boys with toys, unfortunately. Of course it is. Of course it is. I've got something. I'm on, and this is a test. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you into teams. Okay. Nice. And I'm going to quote 
Ollie's, you need to get on Ollie's team because he's going to win this. I'm going to quote. You say that now. I'm going to quote superheroes, and you have to tell me which superhero has said it. Yeah, Nietzsche's already going, no, 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 no. Okay, I want to start. Here we go. Here's the first quote. It's not who I am underneath, but I, what I do defines me. These are for films, I take. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, is it Rocky? No. <laughs> Rocky, he's not a superhero, is he? No, God, no. No. Being a boxer isn't a superpower. Is it? Oh. oh. Um. Batman. Batman, Nitu, she got oh, it right. Batman, yeah, yeah, Batman. That's one point to Nitu's team. Come on, Ollie, you, 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 you know all this. I geared this so you could win it. <laughs> What's the prize? Coming on here again. <laughs> the answers you seek shall be yours uh, once I claim what's mine. Harley's looking at me. He's saying, I've never heard of these. Okay, but what about if I say he's a great swimmer? He's about six foot ten. Aquaman. Oh, not far off. He played the guy who played him in the film. Plays him as the other character. Oh, um. Conan. Close, 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 close. Close to Conan and close to Aquaman. Well, the guy who plays Aquaman yeah. also played this other character. The answers you seek shall be yours once I claim what's mine. I can't even think of other superheroes he's played. It begins with the... Thor. Thor. Ah. Thor. He doesn't... The guy who plays no, Thor. No, no, no. Isn't it? Okay, that's I got that wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Yeah. They're both big and all. Both they are. Blonder. but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'll start again. <laughs> Nobody gets that point. Did you say, Thor, we'll give you that. Intelligence is a privilege and it needs to be used for the greater good of people. Loads of arms. Eight in fact. Uh, my last answer, I don't think I should really answer the other one. Loads of arms. Loads of arms. Think of an animal. What did you say, Nisu? Dr. Octopus. Octopus. He's not a superhero. He's a villain. Well, got a villain over yeah, there, yeah. So she's, she's, know, you know she's going to know the villains, isn't it? So, uh, you know. Um, I'm going to do this as the last one. First one to shout this one out. If you don't get this, in fact, if you don't get this, oh, Ollie, don't. no pressure. As soon as I say the third word, you will know the answer. So will you lot. With great power comes great responsibility. Like <laughs> well, actually, Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben said it first. Uncle Ben did oh, say, but it's it. Yeah, yeah, he did. He, he did say. <laughs> That's his superpower. Who wins? Who wins? Uh, we'll give it to Ollie. We've got to, haven't we? Otherwise, we kind of make out like he's, uh, he's failed. Um, who, who is your superhero? Do you have a superhero that you... you, you, you well, know? I do at the weekend, so I've got a secret. I don't, I'm not going to say... No, well, who's my favourite superhero? Is? Yeah. Unfortunately, it's always been Superman, and people always are surprised when they hear that because he's very much truth... Uh, justice in the you know the American way, but you look at the history of Superman, and he was the world's first working class superhero. Okay, whereas Batman was quite rich. Very rich. Yeah, Spider Man. Yeah. Spider Man. Well, Spider Man came back in in the sixties, and I think the great the, the beauty about Marvel even today is they created superheroes at the time, and superheroes weren't selling that teenagers could relate to. 
You can't relate to Clark Kent as a successful reporter on a metropolitan newspaper. You can relate to a geek who has a problem with girls. Obviously, I can't relate to that, but other people I know can. Okay, how about you, Elise? I'm a big, big fan of... Um, absolutely love Captain America. Black Widow, you were saying And, and I'm Black Widow. Like, she's... I, I think she's fantastic, and her backstory is so interesting. Um, so... Yeah, uh, Black Widow and Captain America. And, and you know, you, ra- you raise an interesting point there, Black Widow, because as soon as you say superheroes, yeah. people always tend to think... They're the big boys. Yeah, it's, it's, the the big men, boys. It's, it's the men, yeah. isn't it? You know, and, uh, I mean, can we, can we name female superheroes? Captain Marvel, for God's sake, coming out in a couple of weeks. Mm. Okay, she's, it's a female? Yeah. Ah. And the interesting thing is, the DC Captain Marvel, everyone knows is Shazam, his film's coming out and it's calling it Shazam because they just gave up on calling it Captain Marvel in the end. Ah, okay. Do you know any other female superheroes, Nito? Mm, I can't think of any other Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, Sc- Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah, Wonder Woman. Yeah. yeah. Cat, is it Catgirl? Catwoman. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Have I made that one up? Have I made that one up? Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy's a villain, but she has but been a, yeah, she has yeah. been a bird of prey, which yeah. is a team. That's not me. She Hulk. Is she Hulk one? She Hulk's one, yeah. I'm, I never heard of She Hulk. I was researching it today, and I was like, She Hulk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bruce yeah. Banner's uh, cousin. He gave her a blood transfusion, and guess what happened next? <laughs> you won't like me when you're angry. But she's also a lawyer. So there was an interesting series by the writer Dan Slott, who currently uh, works for Marvel on uh, Fantastic Four where he, he basically created a sitcom in comic book form where she's She-Hulk, um, but she's also a lawyer and defending all of these kind of wacky characters that you can only get in comics. <laughs> I was going to say with She-Hulk, I mean, that could be my wife. You won't like me when I'm angry. Because that, <laughs> she all, listen to me. <laughs> that's what she always ever says to me. You know, she, oh, telling me off all the time. So, but isn't it interesting? Though, it says something where we're struggling to think of female characters, and the one we have mentioned tend to be female equivalents that came a few years later. Yeah, go on, Patrick. Have they got any new ones out this year? New comic book superhero films. Yes. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it's a great year because of Wonder Woman's success. Marvel have obviously. Re- copied that and repeated which is what media do with Captain Marvel I imagine will be a super success yeah. rather than top one um, you've got a second Wonder Woman film I don't think that's out this year and of course um, you've got stronger female characters in the Avengers films nowadays as well yeah it was in the um, uh, the, the latest one Age of Ultron yeah, oh, no, the, 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 the from last year Infinity yeah, War yeah Infinity War so like um, the, the women in that um, the it was incredible, I think. The women characters in that were a lot of screen time, which was... Oh, which nice. is what you want, don't you? Because yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you want more female kind of... You want more female characters with superpowers where if there are young girls, even young boys, kind of watching it going, ah, oh, wait a assume, assume it's that thing of they can aspire to something and the, the, the female characters aren't portrayed in that Barbie world, are they? No, I mean, I, I brought... Though my... I'm sure Barbie's probably got a super Barbie. Well, you, she has lent herself to certain franchises. There has been a Wonder Woman Barbie, and there has been a Super Woman. Really? Oh, There's even a Mulder and Scully Barbie and Ken set back in the 90s. Uh, so we, we're talking suddenly about minorities now, you know, in terms of females and what have you. Are we seeing a change as well in terms of we've got Black Panther, which is a, a black superhero. Are there any super uh, Asian superheroes? I mean, I know in terms of maybe, because I'm, I'm of a Hindu background in Hinduism, that... 
there's always talk of a, a lot of the characters in, in Hinduism because they talk of demons, which are villain-related. Um, Avatar, in terms of the, the character itself, people will go back to say, oh, wait there, a lot of that relates to uh, Krishna, uh, the blueness and the powers, all that kind of stuff. But you never, well, I haven't, maybe it's just that I haven't read up on it, you never hear about an Asian uh, character with superpower. Is, is, uh, do you know there of are, any? There are, there are a few. I mean, there's, there's an interesting animation over in um, Pakistan called The Avenger, and I, I think I'm getting the name wrong, and she is a strong Muslim female superhero. Um, oh, so they have to bring the religion... Very controversial. Because they bring the religion, reasons. because they've brought the yeah. religion into it. Yeah, but I think, you know, the thought behind it is quite important, and I think... You're right that although we are dealing with diversity, we're talking about a genre that's predominantly American. So any diversity in American comics tends to reflect the American communities. So you've got a lot more Latinos coming up through the ranks in terms of superheroes. Um, And you see that in, in the TV shows like The Flash. You've got a few more Muslim superheroes, but they tend to be put to the forefront um, every now and again. The best one, and this is a real big one, Miss Marvel. Not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Young, 16-year-old, practicing Muslim, living in New York. She's basically what Peter Parker was to white boys in the early 60s. Wow. To young girls, not just young Muslim girls today. And it's got and, and the beauty of it is, it was written um, by a Muslim female writer. And wow. so that blew up several years ago. Again, when I was teaching in a school that was predominantly Asian area, I made sure the library got these. This is Captain books. America. This is Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel, as okay. opposed to Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, she's a. It turns out that she's an inhuman. Um, she's got all this backstory after just a few years, but it's just amazing that a character like that can sell. And I'm not just saying sell to a target audience of Muslim girls or girls. It's selling to people like me because if it's a strong character, if it's a got good story. It will sell. And it I think sell. that's what we need to know. There's no such thing as a bad character, just bad stories. Brilliant. We've got Ollie McNamee and Elise White here.
Steve Arrington feels so real. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Elise White. Did <laughs> And Ollie McNamee. Yeah, oh, wait on. That didn't sound as exciting that time. And Ollie McNamee. I like Robin now to her back girl. Yeah, exactly. Because I, I thought, you know, we've got to lead with the female. You know, it's that balance, isn't it? So it's, it's not too far from International Women's Day, which is all about balance, isn't it? Is it? Of course. Yeah, it's all I think, about yeah, it's so not kind just equality, it's just all about giving women a voice. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. Ollie, um, coming back to... Uh, giving women a voice. <laughs> no, well, I, I was going to say giving children a voice yeah. more than anything. Yeah. And uh, what could parents do to encourage their children to, to, to write? Or I mean, nowadays, there's that whole thing, isn't there, influence of Fortnite, PlayStation, yeah, you know, FIFA. Yeah. Uh, that's found- just me. <laughs> I've always found it, when I was teaching media studies, and this is where the ideas flowed from originally to put them into the English curriculum, um, it's about getting into the pupils' culture. If they do like Fortnite, well, why don't you get them to create their own character, to create their own skin? One of the the best stories, one of the things I always remember, when I first started working in... in teaching, I was actually working with kids in care. And the funny thing is, now I've come full circle and working with those sort of kids again. And there was this one kid, and I won't say his name. He's been in his 30s now. Mark Smith. Couldn't read or write. Yeah. And it was back in the days of uh, Mario Kart on the, uh, the, the... The only good Mario Kart ever really created on the snares. And I got him just to create his own game racing game create all of these different wacky tracks there's a lot of repetition in these sort of things and i'm not saying i you know i turned him into a a reader of war and peace but certainly after a year of working one-on-one with him he he, you know he learned basic spelling and, and, and literacy and he was able to access more of the world around him so i think for any parent it's get down to their level. Also see what kind of workshops are going. If you can find a library that's not been shut down by local councils, get in there over the summer. Last year they did a big Beano thing, it was Beano's 80th anniversary. Today it's the Bash Street Kids 65th anniversary. What, actually today? Today. Wow, the Bash Bash Street Street Kids. Because this is the day the new Beano comes out. So for any young listeners who might still be up, or for parents, get them in there. Here's a comment that's been weekly... For over 80 years, Backstreet Kids have been there for 65 years. Last year, they increased in sales. Wow. This year, you've got Batman's 80th. And in Chris, you know, talk about women's voices, olive oil, 100 years old in December. Wow. That's a pretty big milestone, that. Interesting fact, Popeye's only 90. So he's actually going out with someone a lot older than him. Okay. Oh, I didn't know whether there was a, a cartoon strip with olive oil first. Yes, before. called Thimble Theatre, and that came out in 1990. Really? Wow. And it was her and her family, all sort of castor oil and all these different puns. And then 10 years on, Popeye came in as, as a very, very short minor part they needed to get onto an island. They got a boat. Popeye was the captain of that boat, and he became so popular that he effectively took over the strip. And, of course... Only a few years later, he was on in cartoons, and of course, that Robert Altman film back in the eighties. My gosh, you you have got so much knowledge about comic strips. It's my it's my addiction. It's quite an expensive addiction, but it's relatively healthy. And um, you are actually writing your own comic, is that right? I'm I'm I've, I'm in the process of writing a graphic novel um, based on a fictitious fictitious account 
of um, the settling of Birmingham. So what we've got is, uh, I'm not going to give too much away, but what we've got yeah, is... Yeah, what's the story? What's it about? Well, I need to know. Yeah. He's a character who starts off as a mercenary, works his way through Europe, having been exiled over there, and comes back into Mercia. Now, what's fascinating at that time in the 7th century when Birmingham was allegedly settled is Mercia was the most powerful um, kingdom in, in Britain, um, and it was a pagan kingdom. What's also interesting, at the very same time over in the Middle East... You've got the birth of, of Islam and the persecution of the first Muslims, which actually plays out in today's society. So I'm hoping to use sword and sorcery to comment on issues of the present, but also tell a damn good story that hopefully appeals to Birmingham kids, first and foremost, comic book readers, and uh, further afield. As you can hear from the accent, I'm not a local, but I fell in love with this Obviously, city. Obviously, you're, 16... you're from Tipton. I'm from Tipton. <laughs> I'm, I'm the fifth one of the Birmingham, of the Tipton four. Uh, but I've loved the city, and for the last 16 years, I've been banging on about it so much. I think that's why I've fallen into getting involved with comic cons, getting involved with educational programs in terms of your creative process what happens do you kind of sit down and you kind of research it go into the history of it and then go wait there i want to uh, create a character or, or do you have that similar principle that you talked about earlier on like the young kids where you're sitting there and suddenly you're creating a character drawing it and then from that the city builds around that i think yeah i think for me it's the character that comes first and when you research it depends how much research you want to put into it i didn't think i was going to put any research into it because i had a story but um once I realised about the birth of the Muslim world, once I realised about the power of paganism, at a time when people actually thought Britain in the 7th century was Christian, you've got so many different subplots and stories to tell that, again, if this was in a classroom, not only, you, you know, you'd be able to use it as what's explicitly being told and what's implicitly being told. And those less able pupils, particularly those pupils who I've dealt with for the last 16 years from those Asian um, first-generation backgrounds... Often they take things literally. And so when you can talk about symbolism, and the Watchman badge is a brilliant example of that symbolism in a nutshell, it allows pupils, going back to what I was talking about before, to access the curriculum in ways they were never able to. We all know about film and TV, so why can't we take those skills and put them into Shakespeare, put them into poetry, which is what hopefully educators of tomorrow will do more of. And hopefully you'll make that change whereby you'll get the, uh, the various authorities and the, and the government to, to make those changes and implement what you're talking I about. I so. I mean, it's the very first step in a big journey. Because there, there is that whole thing, isn't there, whereby you think that, okay, young children, they don't have much creativity, but the fact if they're drawing something, it's the start. And you haven't got to worry too much about the spelling. You know, at least they're trying. They're yeah. trying to tell some kind of story. It goes from there to there to there, the end. You know, at least they've done created something, and then you go right. Let's expand upon that. Yes. You know, and then it's built. It's building those blocks. I assume, yeah. Well, it's building those blocks. It's getting them very excited. It's listening to them. So when I go to this workshop tomorrow in West Brom, I promise this kid because he's a big Venom fan. He's going to look at it. He's not going to touch it. The first ever appearance of Venom, issue three hundred of Amazing Spider-Man, going back to the eighties. I know that will make his day, even if he isn't going to touch it because it's in mint condition. <laughs> it's worth a few bob. But it's those little things that he will then go away and that might get him into comics. I picked up a comic back in the days when you get him in newsagents and I fell in love with them straight away. Now I'm at an age where I'm talking to the artists and writers I grew up with and it's quite an amazing experience. We always tell pupils never give up on their dreams, but when was the last time you told an adult never to give up on their dreams? 
hopefully this year. I, I always year. say, you know what, there's nothing better than not growing up. I think we all need to have that kid inside us, don't we? we? You know, because that's what brings you joy. That's what makes you fearless. Because when you're young, you are fearless. You don't worry about what people think. You don't care what people think. You just kind of go, I'm going to do it. This, this is me. This is the way I am. But as you grow older, suddenly you're told continually, that's not good enough. This is the world you need to live in. This is how you need to look. You know, coming back to Elise, you know, earlier on where you're talking about having the pressures on growing up and how you need to look. And then suddenly you kind of go, hopefully, and that's what you want, where young people go, I want to be me. Mm. You know, and I assume there's no superpower than that, than being you, than being, than being me and going, this is me. You know, take yeah. it or leave it. I don't care. This is the way I am. You know, within... Comics are part of a bigger media landscape where it is changing. We are getting more diverse voices. We are getting more diverse characters. And that can only improve what kids are getting from, you know, this public sphere of being bombarded by, by this sort of information and these sort of media messages over and over again. Ollie, it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show today. Uh, it's, you've given us great insight into you know, the comic world itself, how you're using that as an educational tool to make changes and to inspire young kids, you know, to go and to achieve their particular dreams itself. Um, any comic cons coming up that they need to go to? You mentioned one. Was it coming up in April? Uh, there's always the big fun one, the big massive MCM one at the, uh, the NEC. That's very popular with manga fans and sort of anime fans. And, but, the, you know, the real ones are those ones. There's a massive one in, in, in Shrewsbury. I'd be stupid not to mention that. It's a free festival. It takes over all of Shrewsbury on the 1st and 2nd of June. You've got Charlie Adlard there, who used to be the comic laureate. He's the, he's the artist on The Walking Dead. You've got John Wagner, the co-creator of Judge Dredd from 2000 AD. You've got artists and writers from abroad. It's going to be phenomenal. And then, of course, so there the is some third, big, big, the big, big, big people. ones. The third of August, not another Comic Con, and then you've got Ice in September down Edge Baston. Thank you so much for coming, Elise. A great pleasure to have you on again. Just remind us of the dates that you've got coming up. So I'm performing um, at the Tell Me a Story uh, exhibition on the 8th of March, uh, and I'm also competing at the British University Championships on the 14th of April, and there will be a uh, live stream for that event. Thank you so much for coming on. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Neetu, Patrick, anything? Last few seconds. An amazing show. An amazing show, Patrick. Absolutely fantastic. That's great. Thank you so much, guys, for coming on. This is Big City Radio. Join us again next week on the VNZ show, uh, hopefully with more guests and more people. Enjoy your week. Have a wonderful